Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Following us will be blessed and are blessed because we have the blessing of Abraham going through our bloodline, the blessing of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we're not cursed. You may come in this morning and you think, man, things just going on. I'm cursed. Man, if you're a child of God, no curse can stand against the blood of Jesus. You are blessed. You're a child of the King. Father, I just pray this morning that as I share these, these, these few words out of human clay, that you would do something supernatural, something from heaven, Lord, that it wouldn't be my words, but Holy Spirit, breathe upon this word, this living and active sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I believe it's going to do something this morning. And if you agree with me, why don't you say, Amen. Amen, Amen. Why don't you take your seats, say hello to the person next to you, if you want to. If you don't like them, tell them that. Not really. It's great to be with you this morning. My name's Brad, as I said, one of the pastors here and love what God is doing through the life. Just checking my flies down up. I remember all these jeans last time I preached and the fly was down, so I just forgot to do that on the way up. All good. Awkward start to a sermon. We're in... Uh, <laughs> I uh, just want to re- reiterate what Joe said, that, uh, uh, yeah, we're really praying for Mario and uh, Mario's family and praying for them as they go through this time of grieving, and I uh, felt to do that before, uh, and you've heard what Joe said, so we're going to just pray for the family now, in a pastoral moment, and if you're, uh, yeah, the funeral this Saturday, 8.30am here, and um, morning tea to bless the family, but Father, we just pray for Mark, for the Howard family, for Byron and Isla, Lord, will you just wrap your loving arms around them at this time of grieving? Uh, I pray, Father, as they go through the grieving process, uh, even what I preach on this morning, Father, would impact their hearts from you, that there would be a peace that only you can bring through it all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. Okay. Hey, we're in a series called The Fruit of the Spirit. We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. It's a series on the Holy Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, more specifically. Anyone enjoying it? Good. All 10 of us are loving it. I'm enjoying it. Oh, I really am because, you know, every single day you have an opportunity to either manifest your flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. There's never a moment. There's never a circumstance. There's never a conversation. There's never something that, that comes at you. You have opportunity to grow every day and to manifest what God has put in you, the fruit of the Spirit. And when it really gets a hold of you, it makes life like an adventure. It makes it more exciting because you get to partner with the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus every day. And there's no condemnation, so when you, when you manifest the flesh and you mess up, it's okay. It's just a learning and growing process to lean into more of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, I want to speak this morning. We've looked at the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, really all of it. The nine aspects are all about love, and God is love. But today, uh, we're going to look at peace. We're going to look at peace and patience. But I don't think we'll have to have patience, because I don't think we'll get to patience. Are you ready this morning? If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to get straight to the Word of God because that's where the power is. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, we're going to go there. And also to, over to Galatians uh, chapter 5 and 22 where the fruit of the Spirit is. But we're going to start with this. That day when evening came, Jesus, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Jesus had been teaching a lot. He would have been worn out. It would have been a big day. He says, let's go over the other side. Let's get in the boat and go. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. 
There are also other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Notice this is a furious squall. This is if you, if they were to look, which they, you know, if they had their iPhones back then and they'll look on the weather app to go, what's the weather going to do in an hour? This was unpredictable. It didn't say that a furious squall was coming. This was something out of the ordinary. This was not meant to be there. It wasn't planned, wasn't forecast, but boom. And sometimes the enemy, when he wants to get a hold of your life, he has some unforecast things that come at you, yeah? Some things that you weren't planning for, some things that just come from left field and like, Where did that come from? This is that type of demonic storm and it's swamping the boat. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Don't you love that? Jesus is asleep. Just remember, these were experienced sailors, fishermen. They knew how to handle themselves in many... This wouldn't have been their first storm, but Jesus is asleep. These guys are distressed. It says the disciples woke him saying this, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Have you ever wondered where God is in your storm? Have you ever asked that question? God, don't you care about what I'm going through right now? I kind of feel like you're asleep in my storm. He got up, verse 39, Jesus. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be Still, then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Just on that, peace works really well in an atmosphere of faith. He says, where is your, where, do you still have no faith? Verse 41, they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him? We're going to go to the fruit of the Spirit and we're going to be talking about peace right now. But I want you to notice one very important thing right from the start is that Jesus didn't need the storm to go away to have perfect peace. Jesus didn't need the storm to be gone would to manifest perfect peace in his life. Here we go. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22 of Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that when you became a Christian, he deposited the fruit, not the fruits. Notice the fruit is. It's just one the fruit on the inside of you. And I want to tell you what I just read is your new nature. You are love. You are joy. You are peace. It's actually who you are now. And you're like, well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's okay. Do you, do you feel righteous all the time? No. The answer is we don't feel righteous. Are we righteous all the time? Yes, because it's not what we did. It's what he's done. And we can, even though I don't feel at peace, I'm giving you the good news as we've been learning, the fruit of the Spirit is how we manifest the character of Jesus and the life of Jesus. And we live in a world that is desperate to taste and see that God is good. He's a good God. He's a God of love, of joy, of peace. And they're starving on the things of the world. And when a Christian shows up in the, in, wherever in life and you manifest who He is, Jesus is there. He's with you. He's in you. And He's coming out of you like fruit. And people are wanting to pick and 
taste and see what God is like. And we have this opportunity to manifest this. It's not so much something we're growing in, although it is cultivating the fruit, but it is, it is already there and it's absolutely essential uh, to our Christian journey. The world's idea of peace is this. Peace is the temporary absence of problems and difficulties. Yeah? That's what the world says peace is, but that's not the peace that we possess in the fruit of the Spirit. That's not the kind of peace we get to cultivate. We don't have a peace that is reliant on circumstances around us. Jesus was in complete peace that he could sleep in the middle of a storm because biblical peace is not the absence of problems, rather it's the presence of God in your life no matter what's going on. In the middle of storms, it's not reliant on what's happening to me, it's reliant, my peace is reliant on who is with me. And in Isaiah prophesying about the Messiah to come, they said he will be called the Prince of Peace. That is who is on the inside of you. You need to get up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, hello, Prince of Peace. You're there. He lives on the inside of me. It doesn't matter what your storm looks like this morning. It doesn't matter what you go through and how bad the waves get and how much they go in and and how worried you get. I want to tell you, your peace is only reliant on one thing, and that is that He is with you in every single storm. This is the good news. This is the God kind of peace in John 14, 27 that Jesus promised. He said this in verse 25, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But catch this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Catch that. The Holy Spirit is a great reminder. You don't need to set it on your phone. He's in you and with you and he wants to remind you of things. Then it says this, exactly in the context of that little passage, verse 27, he says, So peace I leave with you. My peace, not the world's peace, I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. So you've only got one thing that you need to do. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. That's God's kind of peace. We've been talking about God's kind of love, God's kind of joy. This is God's kind of peace. In fact, there was a competition done uh, years ago uh, where they uh, wanted to get a painting to depict what peace looks like. And there was a big prize for who was going to win this uh, this, this um this competition for what peace looks like. And it got down to two paintings and one painting, which I kind of like because I'm a sheep shearer, so I like this one, was sheep down by a meadow on a nice green patch of grass, just lazing about and just, and it was just so picturesque and the, the stream flowing and everything was calm. And they thought, surely that number two one, that there was one more to be revealed, surely that is the one that won. But it wasn't the one that won. If you look on the screen, this is the one that won. It was a picture of a cascading uh, waterfall over a, a cliff and it was similar. This anyway, I don't know if it's the exact one, but it was over the cliff and there was a storm raging and there's just violent winds blowing. And if you can see really, just really small, in the cleft of a rock, there's a little bird singing a song. <laughs> and this one, the depiction of what real peace looks like. And I love that thought because that is biblical peace. Biblical peace is the word shalom. And shalom is not reliant on anything happening around it. But you can access and you can draw on the peace that is within you in any situation. I want you to believe that this morning. The first thing about the fruit of the Spirit for it to be powerful in manifesting in your life is number one, you have to believe that you already have it. You're not trying to get it. You're not trying to find peace. Oh, I'm looking for inner peace. 
No, you're not trying to find it. You have inner peace. His name is Jesus. The word shalom means uh, completeness, soundness, well-being, wholeness, complete. Um, In fact, one of the names of God is Yahweh Shalom, the Lord, our peace. So catch this. God's very nature, like God is love, His very nature, God is peace. In other words, you will never see God stressed, hurried or worried. You will only ever experience God, Jesus, think about His ministry. I mean, he was stressed in the Garden of Eden, that he's, uh, Garden of uh, Gethsemane, where he sweated drops of blood. But even then, he's all through it. He's never rushing. He's just a perfect peace. I love the Holy Spirit. That's what he tries to do to Brad. He's like, Brad, slow down. I'm not worried and I'm not hurried. Why are you? I'm like, because I've got to control things, Holy Spirit. Don't you know? I've got stuff to do, man. I've got to get this life in order. I've got things. And he's like, man, you It's good, isn't it? It's his nature. And believing that you already have it is so important because religion will tell you that you have two natures, a sinful nature and a born-again nature. Can I tell you something? You've only ever had one nature. Before you were a Christian, BC, you had the nature of the devil. You had a sinful, selfish nature. After your salvation, when you became a Christian, you became a new creation. All things became new in Christ. You have a brand-new nature. So the old nature... Is not like a bad nature that, 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 that keeps coming back and things like that. No, that died at the cross. But you still have your flesh. And your flesh has the memory bank of the old nature. And what part of renewing our mind is that we would renew our mind according to who we really are so that the flesh does not lead us and we manifest the flesh. But rather, the more you renew your mind, you manifest the fruit. So is the Word of God important? Yes. Do I need to know His Word? Yes. Should I read His Word, study His Word? Yes. His promises. Do I do it because I have to? No. I do it because I'm under reconstruction. I am reprogramming my mind to the truth. And it's the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. Nothing else will set you free. And so when I go, I am peace. I don't know how preachers preach more than one sermon in a day. I'm losing my voice already. And I'm like only halfway through. But you have Peace, I want you to know that you are it, you have it, it is in your nature. Catch this, this really blessed me in the study. Let me read it. The fruit of peace involves this, coming into agreement with God and yourself that everything is okay right now. Let me, let me, let me uh, explain, pack, unpack it a bit. In the place you presently are, God's peace is being at rest and being at one with where you are And who you are right now. This really helped me. This really helped me because peace, we can often walk away from our peace when we postpone our peace. So for example, if you set a goal for something and my goal is I'm over here, but my goal is over there and it could be a really good goal and I'm into goals and I think it's important to have goals and plans. But if I transpose my peace that until I get that goal, until that happens, I can't be at peace, until I get the breakthrough, until I get the answer to prayer, until the outcome comes the way I think it should, I'm not going to be at peace. That you've left your peace. You've walked away from it. And God wants you to stay incomplete. You know, He's awesome in the season you're at right now. God is perfectly awesome and at peace with where you're at and who you are now. In your struggles? Yes. In your despair? Yes. In, your, in addictions? Yes. In, in, in strongholds? Yes. In whatever's going on financially, relationally, anywhere of your life. You know, God is still awesome in this place. 
Where I am right now, when I come into agreement with that, peace manifests. Because I'm not saying I'm settling for things that are wrong or bad, but I could still possess peace because God is with me. And he's going to take me there and I'm going to go with peace. Does that make sense? Thank you, Luke. That really blessed me. God is awesome right now. With wherever you are and whatever, whatever life looks like, you don't have to wait for peace. That's the lie that you've got to wait for peace. So let me give you just a few keys to how to sleep in your storms. So who would like that? A few keys. How do I sleep in my storms? How, how, do I, how do I maintain a spirit of peace amidst the storms of life? Number one, here we go. This is a key point. Know that you are right with God right now. Isaiah 32, 17 says this. Catch this. The fruit of that righteousness will be, of righteousness, being right with God right now, that we are okay with God, the cross has done it all, you can't make it any better. Um, the right will be peace. The fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Wow, I love that. That will be the effect, quietness and confidence forever. Now catch this, you cannot have the peace of God if you don't have peace with God. It's having peace with God. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus and you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, I don't know God. You are separated from God. You're, you're in your sins. And that would, that's what Jesus came to save you from so that you could be forgiven and know that you can be right with God right now. And when you are, you can possess not just peace with God, but the peace of God. Notice that Jesus was sleeping on the boat and Jesus in his humanity probably needed a rest. He was probably tired. But notice he... <clears throat> He could sleep because he knew that his father was with him. He could sleep because he had a quiet confidence and a strength to know that his father never leaves him. And he would have known the word that says, God never slumbers nor sleeps. So Jesus knew he could rest and he could go and have a nap because his God was wide awake in the storm. And I want to encourage you, I want to tell someone this morning, your God is never asleep. In the storms that you face, you can trust him because he will stay awake for you. So why don't you take him at his word and go and do what Psalms 4 says. It says, I will both lie down and sleep in peace. I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I love that thought. That in your storm, when you're right with God right now because of the blood of Jesus, you can both lie down. Both, it says both, two things. I'll both lie down in peace and sleep. And I love that thought because you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. In your storm, you can rest because he is working and he has worked. He won't go to sleep on you. Jesus is like, I'm just going to have a nap. And he probably, he's probably thought, man, that's beautiful, the wind and the waves. You know, he's like, oh, it's just rocking me to sleep. Everyone else is panicking. And sometimes in your storm, the, when you're at peace, the wind and the waves, can, you can just smile. You can smile like, this is not good. I don't like what's happening, but I know who's with me. And he sort of makes me happy. Yeah, he's with you. I can be at peace because he is awake. Uh, the second thought is this, a powerful thought, which I've sort of said before, but I want to put a bit of theology on it, is that peace belongs to you right now. Did you know in Isaiah 53 verse 5, where it talks about the Messiah coming and the prophecy of what Jesus would do, it says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Catch, catch, catch this. The chastisement for our peace for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. See, we often know that, oh yeah, so in the atonement there is forgiveness of sin. And then if you, if you go even deeper, there's healing for sickness. 
But did you know there's a third thing there in the atonement that Jesus died for? The chastisement for your peace. He died to give you peace of mind. Peace of mind. If it wasn't for God in my life, I would be crazy. And some of you probably think I am anyway, but I tell you, I'd be more crazy because He gives me peace of mind. And, and it was part of the atonement. It was part of salvation. And so I want to encourage somebody. One of my pet hates, and I'm not condemning anyone here, I'm more talking to myself, when I went through a major anxiety, burnout and all that stuff, is that people use the language and they say this, oh, my anxiety. And I just go, no, it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Jesus took it at the cross. <clears throat> and when he took it at the cross, he said, here, I'll take your anxiety and I'll give you my peace. Now, when you speak, use the language that this is, does not belong to me. This is not mine. It is not, it's not my anxiety. No way. It's not mine. It's the devil's. And come into agreement with God and see peace manifest. Number three, I'm going through these points reasonably quickly, is that now the way that we sleep in our storms is to keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Have you ever been having like a really awesome dream? Really awesome. And then you wake up and you're like, oh man, I thought that was real. Oh no, I don't want to share what those dreams were. Maybe not. Uh, I wonder if Jesus was dreaming. You know, he's in the boat. I wonder if he's like thinking about all the people he's going to heal and set free. I wonder if he's thinking about what God's got for them at the other side of the lake. I wonder what's going to happen and he's dreaming away and then disciples are waking him up. Wake up, Jesus. And he wakes him up. I wonder what he was thinking about. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This, if you're really serious about living in peace, this is a verse that you just got to memorise. It's so good. It's so good because I use it all the time. Thank you, Lord. You will keep me not in some peace, not in a little bit of peace, but in perfect peace as my mind comes into agreement with your word. As I come into agreement with you and stay on you, I'm going to recite the promises, not the problems. I'm going to go over in my head, not the worry, but the promises of God's word. All, all that worry is, is meditation in the wrong direction. And so we want to be meditating and putting our mind on, you know, the good things, the good outcome. The Bible says for to be carnally minded. Remember the word carnal? Ruled by our emotions, our flesh, our five senses. Carnal is not just to be sinful. It's when your five senses dominate your life, what you feel, taste, hear, think, um, see, and that's what dominates. And that is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's where we trust in Him. Philippians 5.6 says, Be anxious for no thing, nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Catch this. And the peace of God, His kind of peace, remember, which surpasses all understanding. You don't get it, and that's good, because I don't understand why some people are at peace. When you see what they're going through, you think, how can they be at peace? It's because they've got the Prince of Peace. And it will confuse the enemy, by the way. He's like, it passes understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then he tell, Paul then tells us how to have that peace of God. It says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, that's my favourite one, because you've ever been through a health crisis and a health journey, you want to be meditating on a good report. 
You don't want to be meditating on the worst possible outcome because that's where the flesh mind will take you. But the Spirit says, no, no, meditate on a good report. I'm thinking about a good report this morning for your life, for what you're going through in your storm. What's a good report look like for you today? Meditate on that. If there is anything, uh, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these Catch this, and what will happen? And the peace of God will be with you. I don't know if anybody watched the footy game last night. It was Essendon and Richmond. What a game. I don't even support them, and I felt like I was having an anxiety attack on the couch. I don't even go for them, but it was so exciting, and it was like to and fro, and you, and you go with every goal, and then you're off, and then you're up, and you're yelling, and you're screaming, emotions up and down. But if you ever want to, I could provide you with the 1998 grand final video of the Muck and Boot and Football Rams Football Club, where we won, it was my first year back, and you know when I watch that, I don't get stressed. When the, when the enemy kicks a goal, I just grab my drink and have another drink and sit back. You know why? Because I know who wins. I know who wins. Come on, when you know who wins, you can be at peace through the storm and just chill out and go, I don't like what's happening. I don't like that they're kicking some goals, but hey, I know who's going to win this and I'm meditating on a good report. Amen. And so that's the peace of God that's guarding my heart, my emotions. It's guarding my mind. I'm not thinking stupid thoughts because I'm trusting in what God says. Now, you might be in a situation this morning and the outcome is unclear and you don't know what's going to happen. And I would encourage you, pray, seek God and say, Lord, show me. Show me how you want me to pray. Show me how you want me to trust you. And when he gives you a word, do not depart from it. Do not move from it. Keep speaking it. Keep meditating on it and keep believing that the footy game is going to win your way. Amen. Because God is with you. Take every thought captive. The fourth thought is this, not only to keep your minds, but keep your mouth right. Speak peace with authority, the authority you have. You know, when you know that you have authority over something, you can look at it without worry, without intimidation and without fear. And the good news is that Jesus has given us authority over fear and over anxiety in every sense of it. He has given you and me authority. Jesus' authority over the violent storm, catch this, was the result of him exercising, exercising peace over his soul first and then extending that peace to reign over the storm. See, remember, he didn't need the storm to go for his peace to, to, to be in perfect, perfect peace. And out of that, though, remember the fruit of the Spirit is not just for us to eat. It is for us to share. It is for us to manifest the kingdom of God and so others to taste and see. When we release what we have in us, we release the kingdom of God. And when Jesus got up and, we, and rebuked the wind and the waves, he was releasing something that was in him. And I'm here to tell you this, this, this morning, the exact same peace that he released is in you right now. It's just drawing it out. I fully believe that. It's just drawing it out. It's not like, oh, I've got 10% of his peace. No, maybe it's just how much your mind is renewed according to the word of God to believe and trust in what you already have. You're not trying to get it. You've already got it. And uh, so walking in the spirit is walking in peace. Remember, God's peace manifests when we come into agreement with oneness that God is awesome in this place right now. And Jesus was like, I'm in a storm, but I'm sleeping because I need a rest physically. But, but God's awesome here right now. He hasn't changed. 
I remember when we were in hospital going through some very uh, hard times in, in that, that whole year of being in hospital and um, with health, a health journey in our family. And then this lady called Pastor Barb. Pastor Barb would come about every two weeks and she would just walk into the room and her words would just bring so much peace. She would just speak it out and she had this authority. And I'll tell you what, when she spoke, I believed it. I don't know what you, I'll just believe it because she was so much authority. She'd come in and she'd just speak peace to the storm. She'd just put my hand on my shoulder and just speak peace to me. And it was just so powerful. Our words came carry power. They are containers of either life or they are containers of death. We get to choose what's in the container. So when we speak peace, we're speaking life. I don't know about you, but I like people who are people of peace. Because I love that. I like to get around that. Because it does. It changes the atmosphere as we speak it. Jesus got up and he spoke peace. My last point, Luke, if you want to come up. My last point is this. Peace is powerful. Catch this verse. This really blessed me. It's Philippians 1, verse 27. It's, it's like a weapon. Uh, this is what Paul says at the end here. He says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28, watch this. So he's encouraging them to stand firm as one for the gospel, the kind of church that I see here at Kalamunda. But it says this, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. I don't know if you caught what he just said then, but what he said was this, your peace is a preview to the enemy that he loses and you win. Did you catch that? When you're at peace, he says, when you stay in peace, when you hold your peace and show that you're not frightened by those who oppose you, it's a sign to them that they will lose. It's a sign to them that they'll be destroyed. So it's a weapon for you when the enemy comes against you. When you stay in peace, he's confused. He doesn't get it. He's like, why aren't you reacting? Why aren't you getting stressed? Why isn't your blood pressure going up? Why isn't your heart rate going up? Come on. And I'm not saying we don't respond and you know there are things that happen, but when you go to God in your storm, when you go to God in your storm, say, hey, I want to have a spirit that can sleep in storms. And he's like, you know what? I'm on, I'm on your side. I'm with you. So just hold your peace. And it's going to let the enemy know, death's coming. I'm going to win this. And when you hold that peace, see, um, Jesus, when he was on that boat and he held his peace, he knew, I believe he, he knew something was on the other side of that lake. And you know the next chapter, you know the Bible didn't always have chapters, but chapter five comes after chapter four in Mark. I know, I went to Bible college, so I can I figure that one out. And uh, chapter 5, in chapter 5, there's this guy called Legion, and he was possessed by all these demons. And Jesus got over to the other side. When he got through the storm, he found this guy, Legion, and he set him free. And in Legion went back, healed and whole and at peace. And he, and, and he made a difference in a whole De Decapolis, 10 cities. And he made this difference all around him. He just spread the good news of the gospel. And I want to tell you, the enemy came to stop what God was wanting to do. The enemy came to stop a victory but peace wouldn't let the enemy win. And your peace can be the thing that won't let the enemy win if you hold your peace that you already have. It will not steal your inheritance. So there are victories waiting on the other side of the storm you're currently in. There are victories waiting. And all you need to do is to stand in that place of peace, 
to speak to the storm. See, Jesus did, he did say something. I like that fact that he didn't just keep his peace and I'm okay, guys. You guys go and get stressed. You know, in the family of God, there are people hurting and there are people going through their storms. I don't want to be a person that holds my peace. I want to overflow to you and I want you to overflow to me. I want to pray for you and I want you to pray for me, yeah? I, and Jesus was like that. He was sharing his peace. The circumstance, he spoke to that squall. He spoke to that storm. And I want to tell you, he spoke to it. Why? Because it was speaking to him. Things talk to you. Your finances speak to you. Your relationships speak to you. Your situations speak to you. Your health speaks to you. It's always sending you messages and faith and trust in peace sometimes requires getting up and rebuking it and speaking in the authority you have over that to say, I like what Chloe said to me last night. She said, I want a shirt that says, not today, Satan. I was like, where did that come from? I love it, but I don't know if I want Satan on one of your shirts. But she's like, not today, Satan. I was like, she's walking around. And I'm like, but that's so true. That's what you want to say. That's how you rebuke him. Not today. What have I missed? You're joking. That's where she got it from. Was you wearing that on Friday night? <laughs> oh man, I didn't even know that. Really should be a bit more of a staff team up here and get to know what we're wearing, shouldn't we, Tim? Praise God, hey, when you get up and you speak that, you speak in the authority. And I'm going to open the altars up this morning. Well, they're always open. This is a house of prayer. Jesus said it won't be a den of robbers. We're not here to get things stolen. We're getting to get assets. Hey? This is a place to reap. So this is a house of prayer. And we've got a prayer team and, and, and other people that are going to be around down the front and, and to come and pray. And sometimes it can feel daunting to come down while the song's on and we're in the, in the light. But do, even if you just come when, the, when they finish, Nikki will close off and dismiss the service and still come and pray uh, on the sides or the front, wherever. Uh, and if you're in a storm, we want to get around you and we want to pray for you. We want to speak peace into your situation, yeah? We want to declare the good report that God has got for you. But if you'll stand with me, I'm going to pray a blessing over you first. If everyone is comfortable to stand, I'm going to speak these words and the song the blessing was written from. See, Jesus died that you would have His peace. If you're comfortable to close your eyes and let these words wash over you, says the Lord bless you and keep you. I just pray this over Calamunda Church. Father God, I pray it over every person, over every situation, over every circumstance, and especially over every storm. And I say the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and the Lord give you peace. And everybody said, Amen.